0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport.
1: Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply.
2: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love.
0: hello everybody and welcome to episode 138 of the stacy was podcast i'm ben gaz is with me how are you doing
3: yeah i'm just texting hold on um sorry about that unbelievable isn't it
0: We're, we, 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 we do, have had we do... how long off air <laughs>
3: I'm actually just recording. We have, we put a call out for questions. And, and one of the questions, I'm kind of getting getting into it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so there we go. Oh, I've got some money and emails just come up as well. £39.50 from Ben.
0: There you
3: go. Payoff. It's like a Steve Evans brown envelope. Ben's paid me that. <laughs> so that I don't mention his fondness for takeaway food at the Games and his Manchester United fetish. Bollocks. Now I'm going to have to pay it back.
0: I mean, neither of well, one of which is a thing. It's definitely not a fetish. um But uh, how are you getting on anyway, mate? Are you, are you well?
3: No, I'm miserable. I've been miserable all week.
0: Yeah, no, I'm. I, don't, I think we've both fair <laughs> enough I, on that.
3: One. Did I talk on air last week about the new dog situation? Very. I don't think we mentioned it on air. No. Uh, well, she's had to go back, unfortunately. Oh, no. So she, yeah, she kept snapping at Charlie. So um, that that was pretty, pretty tough. And then obviously we had a a crap result at the weekend, which was pretty yep. tough. And then I got absolutely hammered on Sunday night, which meant Monday was pretty rough. Hmm. Uh, and then it was transfer deadline night Tuesday. And you, but now you've noticed the theme. That was pretty rough. So um, yeah, it's not been a, a great week. And I found out like yesterday that my neighbour is going to be building an extension as well, which you know they're perfectly within their route, within their um, rights to do so, and we get on very well with them. But it's just pissed me off because it's going to be building work going on for six months, uh, effectively one you know one room down from my office. So I'm no, I'm in a foul mood. How are you?
0: Yeah, I mean I'm not exactly in the best of moods. Um, <laughs> went up to I uh, went down to Oxford rather on on Saturday. That was fun. Um then got back and got the uh, the inevitable notification that uh, somebody near us had decided to go to the Oxford game with a positive covid diagnosis and got the tests all there. And have you done one of the, the PCR tests? Is it so, written test? I don't know what it <laughs> The the COVID PCR tests.
3: Oh, sorry, I thought it was some sort of quiz on car parks. No, no, I haven't
0: done that. <laughs> no, but um basically like the, the the normal tests that you do at home, they're like tiny little bits of like a scraper on the end of it that you stick up your nose or stick down your tonsils and then stick up your nose. But the PCR test ones were like full on, like cotton buds that were basically the size of a Zeppelin that you have to kind of Stick like basically do the same thing, but Jesus Christ! If it didn't make my eyes water, um, I think I'd I would made scraped- I made my oh. eyes water the other day by pulling out a nasal hair. Oh, that's evil when you do
3: that. Sorry, like, I it just just reminded me. I thought no, I, I gonna think cry.
0: I think they go all the way back to your tear ducts, and when you pluck them out, that's what starts them off. But no, it was um that was crap. And then what else have we done this week? Just not a lot. Really, um, did a preview for Far Cry. That was fun. I've watched it. You sounded yeah. posh.
3: You do what my mum does when she answers a phone. You put on your voices if you're talking to the Queen. Well, you
2: know, that's what we do. The Queen doesn't play Far Cry,
3: Ben. The Queen doesn't play Far Cry. That you know of. I play Far Cry. It's me. You should have been aiming at. You should have dropped a couple of f bombs in there. <laughs> Called me a prick. Would have been great. Looked good actually. Looks like a good game. I've been playing Battlefront too and I've come fourth in nearly every game I've played bear in mind it's out of four uh, and then it came up third on the last game that I played I thought that's brilliant and then I realized that the fourth player had dropped out so there was no fourth place <laughs> but it's a podium finish so I'm taking it
0: yeah um but yeah I mean I went to say the final insult to the to the week was uh, obviously after the transfer deadline was uh, went to babysit for a friend's kids last night and uh, one of them the youngest one who i think is only about three um or if not a little bit younger uh split my lip which was just the perfect like pickle on the shit sandwich that has been this week so on purpose were you
3: but were, were you were you sparring no no he didn't like Did punch you go me? there and you thought do you know what i could have him <laughs> and so <laughs> he kind of picked him up out of his car and started saying, like, like provoking him a little bit. Like, you know, like you do people on the internet. I've seen you. You kind of provoking him and pushing his buttons and I then basically just had enough. Thing. And he nailed you. Nailed you. And you went down crying to Rachel and Rachel had to kind of sort it out. Yeah, I was a
0: brave little soldier. No, just... Yeah, nailed. We were, we nailed we were both, just, really. just playing and messing about. And he, um, he sort of stumbled into me and, and headbutted me in the lip, which was, yeah, all kinds cool. of...
3: That's cheered me up. Now I'll cheer you up. I was grating cheese for dinner yesterday and inadvertently grated my knuckles as well.
0: oh so Did you have to I separate
3: it out not. from the cheese? Uh to do genuinely, I had I actually had to stop immediately grating the cheese and checking for blood because there was blood all down my finger. So who designs cheese graters like that? It's one of these circular ones. It's just too easy to do it. There needs to be some safety feature, I tell you, it's a scandal. Anyway. Are we really twenty minutes in, or is that how long we've been talking?
0: That's how long we've been talking. We're five no. and a half minutes in. No,
3: that's alright. We'll talk about <laughs> football. I don't want more people with us trying to trade off about how miserable we are and what little hurties we've got. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's fair. Um, anyway, my, I'd rather have a hurtie from cheese grater than a three-year-old. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but anyway, yeah, my, my COVID test came back negative, so yay. Anyway, um, yeah, let's start with Oxford if we have to. Um, uh, I mean, we, you said you'd wrote it off as soon as you saw the uh, the lineup come through at two o'clock. I think I almost did the same thing, but I was at the Kassam and uh, oh, it just wasn't fun, was it? It was uh, a bit of a slog to sit through. Um, and it was, it, I don't know, like it didn't seem to be a Lincoln City performance and i know that was you know primarily due to the fact that we've got a lot of people out with injury but you still look at the team that got put out and nine of them maybe would probably be in the normal first 11 um it was just we didn't have any backup options on the bench and i think we were very very defensive in our setup and and the way that we uh, we approached the game and unfortunately you know again we're sitting here saying there was two mistakes or, you know, two two unfortunate instances where we lost the ball um, and Oxford capitalised and, you know, ultimately, uh, Mr Taylor got his hat-trick. Um, Henry, I think it, was, it
3: didn't Henry. get... Sorry? James Henry got his hat-trick, not Matt Taylor.
0: Come on, Ben, you were there. I know, I thought it was... And Anyway, that's how much I was, you know, bored by the weekend. Um, but, you know, it was... It, there wasn't a huge amount played football wise really by us until the last five or 10 minutes when, you know, obviously Anthony Scully got his goal. Um, and then it almost seemed like we started to, to pick up and, you know, with a couple of minutes left, you starting to think, Oh, can we get another one here? And it was so close. It was just so close, but you know, ultimately the, the damage was done first half. Um, and it was just a disappointing day all round, really. I mean, I got to see people that uh, you know was that was a nice a nice touch. Um, I said hello to a few people and uh, not a day out though, was it? it? No, it wasn't. You know, it was it was a disappointing day, but um, yeah, it was. I mean, what were your thoughts on on Saturday from from you know where you were? I just think it was a a poor one ultimately. XG stats.
3: i know they were 1.75 lincoln 1.83 really Yep. 1.46 of which came after 80 minutes
0: oh there you go then
3: that just tells you everything you need to know we didn't turn up in the first half we were diabolical in every way um i think the setup was wrong personally um i'm not gonna tell michael because he's bigger than me and he'd thrown me around his room like a Empty tracksuit, but um, yeah, I I mean it's harsh because we didn't have a striker, and and I think that's exasperated people's reactions later in the week, which we'll come to. But when you when you go into a game with no striker, you you're on a hide into nothing, yeah. And and bear in mind we hadn't scored for two games. Bear in mind we haven't scored in open play. I think we've only scored uh, two goals in open play all season. And they were our first two goals effectively in the league. We've, we've gone three games in a row without scoring from open play. And it's really frustrating because in every single one of those games, our XG has been over one. So we are underperforming on our XG in the league, actually almost by half. And um, our average XG per game is 1.36 and we've scored 0.8 goals. And bear in mind, two of those have been penalties. Mm. Um, so, you know, People say they don't know where the goals are going to come from. I quite famously, well, i say famously about 700 people heard it. Um, but after the Fleetwood game, I said, I've got no problem now with where goals are going to come from. We scored two against Shrewsbury, two against Fleetwood, one against Gillingham. That's not an issue. Um, and it clearly is. Uh, yeah, we gave the ball away in a stupid area. Um, for the first goal, when you look at the Oxford team and you look at our team, that the, the differences that a majority of the Oxford team played together last season and, a majority of our team didn't, in, in reality, or certainly a majority of that team didn't. Um, but you've got Bridcote, um should have been better in midfield on Saturday and weren't. I thought Lars Sorensen is... Yep. Everyone's criticizing criticizing Adelica and I, my, at the minute I need to see a bit more from Les Sorensen. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but you know there's one or two new faces who who are bad. Let's move or, or sorry, who are not performing well. Let's go on to Adelican. he got the lowest rating I've seen of any player ever on. Stacey West ratings for his performance on Saturday. And when Michael came out after the game and said, you know, there was one or two that he wanted to, he asked them if if they were bothered today, didn't he? Or asked them if they didn't put the effort in. Undoubtedly, Hakeem Padelikan was one of them. And I don't want that to define him. And I don't want people to think that, you know, I'm here calling him a lazy player. He put in a lazy performance. He wasn't the only one. He was incredibly poor throughout the first half. And then we shook it up, I think, on the. Came out more four one four one. I mean, don't get me wrong. The one was a delicate up front, but at least when he's up front on his own, he's not probably having to to do quite as much running. I mean, he's you know he's no Tom Hopper who obviously works his short and curly stuff. But the midfield dynamic looked better. I'm still not convinced that Conor McGrandles is the same player. I think he's got a twin. I think we had Conor <laughs> McGrandles last year, and we've got Callum McGrandles who's played most of his football in the Highland leagues. So I think he's looked really off the pace. Um, since uh, since coming back so it, it was just this it was a perfect storm of utter uh, uh, of shit really, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, there was so many contributing factors uh, not having the options on the bench to change it up, players knowing that they couldn't get taken off, players who probably could have done with 70 minutes having to play 90 minutes and ironically it should have been the last 10 minutes where we collapsed and actually it was the last 10 minutes where we went and had a go I think it's got a lot to do with a player that came on, Luis Fiorini um, I think, and there's a question later on I know coming up, but I really like Luis Fiorini. Uh, and the more I see of him, the more I like him uh, mm. personally. And I, I think he came on, he might actually have only come on for the last 10 minutes or so, the last couple of minutes. But yeah, I thought he looked, he looked decent when he came on. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I'd been commentating on the radio, I would have been tempted to have given him man of the match <laughs> for, ten for 10 minutes. It <laughs> kind yeah, of just says been. it all, doesn't it? But there we go. Look, you know, never too high, never too low. That's the, the mantra, isn't it?
0: So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think the thing is, like, with um, you, you say about um, you say about uh, Hakib, I've, I want to, I want to pull it up because I think it almost seems like he's become the scapegoat for you know the angry fans on Twitter, and it's like, look, I get it didn't have the best game. But, I mean, what, he's played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games for Lincoln at the minute, and that was, you know, six if you cut it off at Saturday. I don't think there are, you know, a huge number of players that hit the ground running all the time when it comes to Lincoln City. You know, we've seen it before. And, you know, I've, I've seen so many snippy comments from people that you know we we get on with normally about about him and just his attitude and his work ethic it's like look just he's played for, he's played 6 games just let's just see you know don't just lay into him at the minute because obviously nobody had a good game on saturday in my opinion apart from a few people in the second half and Anthony Scully and to to sit there and just completely slate one player and I mean properly I've seen some people properly rinsing him on Twitter and it's it's just it annoys me so much that that seems to be the kind of attitude when we've had a couple of bad results and everything just seems to go to pot in terms of reasonable criticism like everything just goes out the window and just things get hurled at the players and, and at the team and at the club it just it's that's one of the reasons i've been grumpy as fuck this week to be honest but i must follow more reasonable people than you because although whilst
3: i have seen criticism of Hakeeb, i've not seen anything i think that's been unduly unfair uh, and i've seen one or two people who have criticized him and were then happy to not do so after tuesday so but then i i have had quite a a strict policy a strict knobhead policy on social media whereby if i don't like what somebody says on a, on a regular basis and i don't think that it's um opinion that comes from a a, a a decent viewpoint not a decent viewpoint but a balanced viewpoint I just mute or i just you know don't bother i never go on i never ever look at any match reaction on facebook anymore mm, just don't no, do absolutely. it and the, you know so I, yeah look, i mean some just of the, out of interest of choices, how did you
0: find my far cry preview if uh, if
3: i'm muted because you told me about it last week. Um <laughs> it down my throat. <laughs> um, so, look, look, a criticism of players is part and parcel of football. Yeah, oh, um, yeah, I'm not whilst, saying it's not. Whilst I would like very much, if before people pressed send, um, they either looked at what they said and then considered that a footballer is not a commodity, that a footballer is a human being, uh, I would like that very much. At the same time, um, if, if I was working in McDonald's, and I, which I would never do, because I would uh, I, I would eat too much of their food and then throw it up. Um, but if I was working at McDonald's and I, I was serving you bad burgers or I was dragging my heels, you, the customer, would say that. And football supporters. We, whether we like it or not, we are customers and we buy into a product. And therefore, if that product is not being delivered in a way that we expect, we should have the right to complain. What I don't like is people who are waiting to complain. So people that go into McDonald's and are complaining before somebody's even stepped up to the tail. And there are fans like that who I've got respect for who are waiting for the opportunity. And I think I saw you getting into it with somebody at the weekend. Well, I know I did because you always do Um, about kind of not serial mona, but, you know, they they were just waiting.
0: It's it's like, I I think the tweet I put out was something like, ah, that's it. The glee of somebody waiting, you know, the glee of your football club going on a bad run. Yeah. It's like, it's just people seem to be, excited about the fact that they can have a massive whinge on some uh you know on, on social media about something and then that spans from not just oh the team played badly today but all of a sudden everything's being brought into question like you know oh is the recruitment right oh the medical staff aren't fit for purpose oh well you know this isn't right with the club the training facilities clearly aren't good enough it's like come on just take a step and just think hang on a second we've lost a couple of games of football like what's changed from two weeks ago other than that fact it's just, but, just but made him. it was crap on saturday it and was my
3: problem isn't the people that go online and say that it was crap I, I, I don't mind that it's the people who use it as an excuse to goad people who are usually positive you know, Yeah, i i people who will tag me Something saying, "How are you going to put a positive spin on that?" I'm not because I'm not a dick. I'm not a positive spin man. If I see a bad game of football, I will call a bad game of football. And whilst I don't want to get into the habit of sitting on here and 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 calling fans out, certainly not fans who I believe can be balanced. I also think sometimes you know football is almost used as a weapon of one-upmanship. And I'm guilty for it as well. I'm guilty of it. You know, if I see somebody complaining about a player and then he scores, I'm I'm happy to go on there and kind of go, well, where are you all now? Well, they're not going to criticise him now, are they? Because he scored a goal. We're all guilty of it. And it'll mm. never, ever change because that's the nature of football. It's just got worse because we get to see it all on social media now. Or, yeah. or not, if you use a mute button wisely.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, th- this is the thing. I'm... Th- I'm not saying that anybody's above criticism. I'm not one of the quote unquote happy clappers. You know, I'm not going to just sit here and defend literally everything that everybody does. But at the same time, you've got to, you've got to have that moment of realization where you just think, ah, yeah, maybe that's not relevant or maybe that's, you know, maybe I'm taking it a bit too far. It's... anyway. Have you got your,
3: um, sorry. Have you got your plastic season ticket card yet? <laughs>
0: not got my share certificate either. Um, anyway, should we move Chambles. on to Tuesday? Should we move on to the good things from Tuesday?
3: Yeah. I finally got to sleep at midnight. That was great. <laughs> yeah, we um, can talk about the game, I suppose. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's annoyed me that we've even had to play a game of football on transfer deadline day. Yep. And, it, it it just it grates on me that uh we had to play two games in this competition in a week when our next game is a in october and the game against manchester united's kids exasperated our injury problems dan and lunderloo for instance would have started against oxford had we not had to play manchester united kids so when yeah you know, okay, we get 10 grand for beating man united kids and we get 10 grand for beating bradford so that's 20 grand in the bank that's decent money great You know, a strong Bradford side and you talk all you want about League One and League Two. I saw somebody saying, oh, the golfing class between League One and League Two is, is unbelievable. Really? Really? Have a look at Morecambe. Have a look at Bolton. How are Bolton doing this season? great football team the, the, the gap between the bottom of league one and the top of league two is not that great so to go to Bradford a strong Bradford as well not Bradford kids or anything like that a team that I saw Bradford City fans saying you know we're going to win the trophy from the team they put out to go there and do what we did to them you know compress beat them um it with a great display with some outstanding goals uh, we, we rode our look at times actually their XG it was very good, and um, they should have scored more goals. I think they hit the bar, didn't they, and had one cleared off the line. It's a decent result, but I'm not going to get carried away winning 3-0 in a trophy that doesn't bring you any league points. Mm. If, if you'd asked me, would you rather have gone to Bradford and lost than gone to Oxford and won, I would have rather gone to Oxford and won, but we didn't. But it, it's, it's kind of, you look back last year, at thrashing Accrington 4-1, then drawing 2-2 with them at Central Bank in the league thrashing shrewsbury 4-0 and a week later losing 1-0 to them at at our place yeah it's great winning these games and it's a confident boost but at the end of the day nobody really i mean obviously i remember them there but they don't stand out do they unless you win the trophy if you go and win the trophy then you go we've done well in that Mm. but uh, it was just a game we could have done without yeah loads of positives but not real positives kind of like pretend positives
0: Yeah, I you know, I mean look, let's let's flip the story from Saturday and let's just talk about um Hakeba Delican because it seemed like something was lit under his backside and he decided to um you know, his his performance was was impressive and I mean that goal I think I saw one of the quotes from somebody that wasn't even a Lincoln fan just saying Jesus Christ that defender had a family. You know, it was just really really nice touch and you know move before starting the ball home really coolly and I think that's probably gonna well hopefully gonna do his confidence the world are good and hopefully you know he can push on from that but I mean can we you know I know you want to talk about him and I don't know if you want to talk about it now but
3: no I don't I want to talk about something else now first okay if that's all right I want to talk about the midfield diamond against Bradford because Games are won and lost in midfield for me. If your midfield controls the game and breaks up play, your defence don't have as much pressure on them. And if they do it well, they set it's a springboard for attacks. And for me right now, our best midfield setup is Bridgecott, Fiorini and Teddy Bishop. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's, that's more or less all I wanted to say, really. Uh, I've been really <laughs> impressed with... <laughs> i've been really impressed with lewis fairlady really. i think the way league one is this season compared to last season dictates that we probably need those those double fours at the back uh, and then a, a creative midfielder ahead of them, so well have Bridcott and or one other playing uh, kind of holding roles and and pushing on when we 're in attack and covering when we 're in defense and working hard and then you have your your spark of brilliance and creativity and I think actually the dynamic in the early games with with Sorensen and mcrandall's and bridcott hasn 't quite worked, and i 'm not saying that it it won't work going forward because we've seen partnerships work and then come and go. But I think at the moment, that's the partnership that that works well. And you go back to the beginning of last season, we were all raving about Jackson and Monsmer as a centre-back pairing. And actually now it's probably our second or third centre-back pairing in terms of, what you'd like to see, uh, and look at kind of Teo Eden and um, down the left-hand side last season with with George Grant or with whoever was playing up ahead of him, and you know didn't work very well at the beginning, and then did eventually go on to work. So I'm not writing Sorensen, McGrandles, and Bridcut off. I am saying is i think we're seeing louis fiorini more as a senior player now he's getting up to full fitness than the manchester city kid that was sat on the bench and we're thinking where's he gonna fit in which is probably where we were at the beginning of last uh, beginning of the uh, the season so really important and i know people will say it was only bradford it was only the pizza cup or whatever people like to call it in a derogatory manner um but again they were promising signs but you hit the nail on the head you're quite right all of this is only any good if you use it to kick on. Yeah, mm. Hakeem's goal is only good if he kicks on. If he does yeah. what Zach Albasedy does and and kind of, you know, doesn't really seize his chance after that. And, and Zach was maybe a bit different because he, he didn't really get that many chances. But you know what I mean. Zach mm. didn't kick on, and that's why he's now playing top flight football in Sweden with a chance of a Champions League place. No, wait, that's not right, is it? Um,
0: <laughs> I was going to say, hang on a minute, what? (laughs) You 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 know, know know, I think this is the thing, like you say about, you know, you need to kick on. I I think this is where things might, you know, might be a bit of a boost to the confidence because you look at the football that was played in in the lead up to Hakeem's goal. It was superb, you know, really, really nice build up play, some really neat touches. And I mean, let's face it, it was unlucky to hit the bar. Um, and then, you know, for it to come down and for Hakeem to do what he did, hopefully that starts to put the confidence back into the squad because they th- suddenly th- start to think, oh, maybe we can, you know, we can play decent football. We can do this. We can get it on the deck and knock it about. And ultimately, I think that it's going to, while I'm still on the fence about the competition as a whole, I, th- I think if that can be used as a bit of a springboard to to do it in the league, then Fair enough, and obviously we don't have a game to talk about this weekend, but if we can use that as, like I say, that little bit of a springboard, get that confidence and then take that into the training ground, work on everything that Michael wants them to work on, uh, who knows, you know, next Saturday, fingers crossed, all that, we'll start to see much more of an improvement, but it's it is nice to have a bit of a break as well.
3: Well, Michael will be saying the same thing because he wants to get some of his walking wounded back. I mean, I heard Jez George the other day saying that Joe Walsh is on for a recovery uh, by the end of September. So we'll we'll have him for October before he's out in November, which is good. Uh, (laughs) And then you look at some of the other players. I think Ted Bishop is probably at a position now where he's going to be starting league games on a regular basis which is uh, absolutely great. Chris Maguire is due back next month. Obviously, Monsma is now fit. Jackson is now fit. Aoma looks match fit and ready to go. Hopper's back and Lunderloo should be back, hopefully, for Cambridge. Yeah, Actually, and, and we'll come on to that, this in a minute, I'm sure, um, but it's not a terrible squad. It's mm. not. And, and, and let's talk about the person that you, you alluded to a minute ago, because I, I did want to talk a little bit about Anthony Scully. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd, I'd wanted to talk about him in terms of stats because you know that's what i do um, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to just compare his average stats so this is a per per game basis i appreciate that he had a whole season behind him you can drop in and out of form he might just be in form but the difference in anthony scully from last season to this season uh is marked It is it is Point. I can't even think of a word to say. You know, there is a a significant difference here, despite the fact that he scored so many goals last season. Shots on target, for instance, he averaged one point eight nine a game last season. That's actually not bad. Do you know what? One point eight nine shots per game is not bad with with fifty percent on target. Three point oh three this season. So he's averaging more than a one shot on goal every game than he was doing last season i think that's interesting his xg is obviously up 0.29 last season 0.54
0: well i think he's doing uh, i think he's on course to retain his trophy then isn't he
3: well actually no because the the higher your xg is it's xg to goals difference isn't it so if his goals have got to far outweigh his xg so the higher his xg is the less he's likely to retain the trophy come on sort yourself out Ben. um (laughs) He's doing less crosses, slightly, but dribbles, 4.48 this season, 3.02 last season. Still playing on the wing, but he's getting on the ball more. He's carrying the ball more. Offensive duels, he's actually performing more offensive duels, 8.96 to 8.64 with a higher success rate, 35.1 to 32.4. Touches in the box in the penalty area. 3.76 3.76 per game this season, 3.09 per game last season. Progressive runs. This is a run that carries you 30 metres or more up the pitch, carries the, the, the phase of play 30 metres or more up the pitch. 1.65 per game last season, 3.27 this season. I mean, here's a player who has just come back. I'm not going to say he went away a boy because he didn't. He was a, a decent player for us last season, but he's come back. And whether he's literally, you know, you said about Hakeem having a rocket up his ass for the Bradford game. I tell you, Anthony Scully must have moved on to Weetabix every single morning. um, (laughs) And, you know, it's noticeable. A lot of people messaged me on deadline day and said, are we going to lose Anthony Scully? Utter fabrication from start to finish. It was one ridiculous transfer room aside, transfer centre nine or something because the other eight have been blocked for being so ridiculous. And everybody's going, we're going to lose him. Million pound, we're going to lose him. For my, It was never on the cards. Never on the cards. He was never going to go. Um, we've got Anthony Scully. up. keeps this form up January. Transfer centre nine might actually be right. They said stop clocks right twice a day. There you hmm.
0: go. I mean, I think the thing is, like, the, the club tweeted, what was it, um, that he's on seven for the season and it's still August, which I think when everybody's been saying... Oh yeah, you know we need to get uh, we need to get a twenty goal a season striker, or you know we need to get somebody that can get us thirty goals a season. If we already got him,
3: yeah, we don't need that. We need players that are going to get us seven or eight a season all the way around him.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I think it's you know it's an interesting. I'll,
3: I'll be honest, I would like to have seen him start at number nine the other day. I think he could have started as the nine and I think we could have dropped Ted Bishop in behind him and had Sorensen and Adelican on the flanks. I think that would have been a more sensible approach. I mean, Michael obviously sees Scully as a wide player. Interesting that most of last season he played on the right side of the pitch. Maybe that's because we had George Grant over on the left. Um, But this season he's been almost exclusively on the left and and it certainly seems to suit him um yeah and I mean, I he's, able to, he's able to he's able to cut else. in
0: and get it on his right side isn't he and, and you know yeah. get those chances in and i think that's definitely sued him a lot more
3: well we saw him do it against peterborough didn't we hmm. for, for the goal he scored against peterborough um and and there was another stat actually that really interested me and it's uh i'm gonna are you gonna have to let me find it it was total shots so last season bear in mind all season so what eight months of football do we mm-hmm. are we saying so last season in all competitions he had 71 shots 50.7 percent of which were on target okay so it's not bad 71 shots not bad at all in one month he's already had 25 shots for lincoln <laughs> 25 shots 44 percent what i would say is that six of those have come in the uh, mickey mouse trophy but 10 of them have come in cup competitions hmm. so there's been only one game where he hasn't had a shot on target one game and when you look at we've done stats on here before and i think we've talked about uh, callum morton for instance we added up all the shots in total that he had had in like a 10 game spell, and I think there was two on target. We've got Anthony Scully here with one, two, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, what, 11 shots on target already? Fair play. Fair play. Hats off. He's proving himself to be a solid first team player from a position of, I'm not going to say uncertainty, but he's not an out and out winger. He's clearly not an out and out number nine. We don't really play with his type of 10, and yet he's yeah. undroppable.
1: Yeah,
0: and I, I think that was the thing we discussed it last season and other people have done as well. You know, they said, what's his best position on the pitch? And I think it is just on the pitch. Like, there is no seemingly seeming best position for him. He just seems to play very, very well wherever he slots in. And uh, long may it continue, because, um, yeah, heaven knows we're going to need it after the other things that happen on Tuesday. But should we talk about Jamie Robson?
3: Mm, yeah, go on then. <laughs>
0: Well obviously uh, you know I, I kind of want to get the positives out of the way, but uh we obviously needed a left back after something else happened on Wednesday Tuesday that we'll come to uh but Jamie Robson's come in um from Dundee United and yeah, it looks like a very very capable left back um the rumor is that it's a club record fee, obviously there's nothing concrete about that it was undisclosed um although i'm sure steve evans would have had something to say about it um but when you when you have the model as it were you can um you can afford to do it but no it looks like a very solid signing for the imps and uh i'm excited to see what you can do How about yourself
3: yeah i guess you know, it's hard to get excited about a left back um, because it's yeah it's not. <laughs> I don't know. I got pretty <laughs> you know
0: excited. I got pretty excited about a left back a while ago, Gary, as you well know.
3: Yeah, on a daily basis, Ben. But that was very different. It's why you were on airside. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, it would it would actually be really it'd be unfair to do Jamie Robson a disservice based on who had left. And I think you you've done two things that actually I should praise you for. One, you've mentioned Jamie Robson first. Uh, over any of the disappointment or the departing players, which makes him the headline news. So kudos to you, Ben, uh, because quite rightly so. It should be we broke our transfer record for a player that was playing against Rangers in in Scotland's top flight. You know we've gone there, spent what we think is is big money on him as well so in that respect it is good and I think because he's not a striker or because he's not somebody that weighs in with goals you'll get the likes of me going it's hard to get excited over a left back where actually it's, it's a great signing for the club on paper, you know. signings are only good or bad, depending on how they've done after 10, 20, 30, 46 games. In the, uh, in the early 90s, you, you won't remember this, but we signed a player called Alan Roberts for £65,000 from Sheffield United. And at the time, it was, wow, that's a great signing. Alan Roberts, why has he dropped down to this division? He's going to be superb. 11 games later, he played his last game at football game because he got injured. So was he a good signing? No. Was he a good signing at the time? Yes. So... I'm not saying Jamie Robson's going to get injured after 11 games, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's all about form, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Steve Tilson was a great manager to to a point when he came in, but nobody would say that of him now. What I will say is Robson looks the business, and there's quite a few Dundee United fans who I think were a little bit gutted that he's left. Uh, so it's good that he's come in, yeah, really good. And there's something he else. He... Him
0: with goals though, but he did get a goal in his last game for Dundee United.
3: Uh, it wasn't his last game, was it? But it was the game against Rangers that was on telly. So, I thought it was his last game. Don't think so. Might be wrong. I thought it was earlier in the season than that. Um, it was the one that was live on Sky. So probably the armchair. Um, I have a lot of armchair supporters might have said it was his last game <laughs> because they won't realise that games are, you know, games go on when the television cameras aren't actually there.
0: Or somebody that doesn't necessarily follow Scottish football
3: should follow all football. Ben, the host of a popular podcast. <laughs> well uh no it wasn't his last game his last game was actually against hearts which they lost two nil um they played all all the time so yeah uh, but he did get a shot on target and that look decent signing i would say you know the sort of signing you don't make if you're in league two or if you're in the national league the sort of signing that deserved more than he got on tuesday in terms of what's next you know, he, But there we go. It was a bit of an anti-climax because everybody, I, I knew the night before that Tao had gone and and Jamie Robson was coming in and we're waiting. I'm thinking, get it out of the way at 10 so we can get the rest of the signings in. And that does the boy a disservice. Could be a huge player for the football club.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but Sorry, you, the
3: you other thing you did right, by the way, was mention him without mentioning Tao Eden, because you don't want him to become inextricably linked with Teo. he's not the new Teo. he's Jamie Robson he's a different footballer to Tao mm. he has different styles and different attributes so by not saying the two together you have uh, again earned uh, a little bit of respect back from me
0: wow so I'm now on two percent wow uh, oh. <laughs> no but um yeah you know I think it's like you say it's it's a good signing hopefully um on paper um but obviously we were expecting a couple more but we might as well move on to the, the first of the disappointments from the day uh, and that was obviously losing Teo um it was it was kind of on the cards and uh yeah like you said you know we knew about it the night before um and it was just a case of waiting for the inevitable tweet to go out wasn't it
3: Eight months ago, half our fan base didn't even think he was a natural left back. So, yeah. they, uh, they just, he, he proved an awful lot of people wrong. It's a shame he went probably pound for pound going into um, deadline day. top One of our top three players, yeah. certainly on performances this season behind maybe... Brid- Bridcott and Bishop are there as well. Yeah. Very, very good footballer. Can't be held back. Um, and, and I would say, you know, you, you've got to give these young players a pathway and we've got to be willing to sell them on because, one, we, we need to turn a profit. You know, people are moaning about Lincoln City being a selling club. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Of course we're a selling club. If we have a player that's worth money and a bigger club want him, we will sell him. Every club's a selling club. Barcelona are a selling club if they need to get rid of a player so yeah we're, yes we're a selling club he you know, would have been ref, would have been bad for us to try and keep him at the club and get him to sign a new deal it's dangerous dangerous game and um, yeah. a, a friend of mine dan uh norton i've got a lot of time for it, was kind of saying well we ought have offered him a new deal you've got to be keeping these players and 500 is too cheap and it's not that easy is it you know with george grant we were in with a chance of promotion we got him to sign a new deal and then people are saying oh well it's not a great deal for us he's moved to championship blah 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 so um, yeah, in an ideal world, you keep your best players. But we know when we sign these players that the idea is that when they get better, we punt them on and then we spend the money. We reinvest the money. Yeah. So let's assume, I mean, I think Michael said it was north of 500000 that we got
0: for Tao. I think the, um, the, the figure that I saw on, um, I think there was a couple of apps that said it was £504,000. So not not too far north, but a little bit north. Mm.
3: Okay. Um, well, anyway, so half a million pounds. I mean, somebody then messaged me and said, with that, that'll be four hundred thousand, and then Fulham'll have this, and that'll be two hundred thousand or whatever. And I don't, I don't take, I don't subscribe to the belief that we spent more on Jamie Robson than we made on theo Eden. So we've turned a profit. We've given a young player an opportunity to progress, and that should, that should give young players. The confidence to come and move to Lincoln City, and and for some reason this transfer window, I get the feeling that all of that that we spoke about, we've talked about it on the pod, the the platform that we get Brandon Johnson, that platform that we get Morgan Rogers, the respect with which we've treated George Grant and now Teo Eden, that should mean that players look at Lincoln City and go, that's a good place to play my football. But this transfer window has proven actually all they look at is the bottom line and go, Joe, I'll go there.
0: Yeah,
3: it's that
0: simple. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that was not necessarily the most surprising but um uh, definitely the most disappointing thing um that we've you know seemingly lost out on a few of the uh, the exciting loans that hopefully we you know we might have been in for but just going back onto teo for a second i think nick proctor said it very well on twitter is that you can't hold back players when your your whole ethos and your whole You know, I know some people don't like the word, but the model is you get a player in, you develop them. And when somebody comes in with a decent money offer, you let them go because it will further their development. It will also put some money in the bank and then we can then, like you say, invest in other players, which we've clearly done with Jamie Robson. I
3: think you only let them go, though, like in the last year of their contract, if you think you're going to lose them for free. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Teo Eden had got three years left on his contract. He doesn't go to Blackburn Rovers for 500000
0: 100%. Absolutely 100%. And, and this is the problem that some people were saying, oh, he's, you know, it's, it's crap that he's gone for that much. So say, yeah, but when he's only got, what, eight months left on his contract? Like, in theory, could he have walked for free in January or, would, or uh, at the end of the season? Pre,
3: you can sign a pre-contract in January. Uh, right. He couldn't have left for free because I think... Because of his would, age. He, yeah, so he, there yeah. would have been a tribunal... Yeah. Set. But, yeah but
0: yeah i mean it would, that that wouldn't have resulted in a 500,000 pound transfer fee would it
3: no and if you're doing that as well well i don't know actually cuz Gillingham got 150,000 for brandon hanlon um but if you if you've also got to think then what message does that send to all the players and yeah. I, I feel very bitter about what happened after that and i feel a little bit bitter about some of the suggestions around the transfer window as well um so whilst it's easy to sit here and say it's the, mo- it's the model, and I'm beginning to hate that, I'm beginning to hate the saying it's the model because you know, it's not the sole model, is it? We signed Chris Maguire, he's 32. So the idea is that we need to get players, young players in. I think this year we're trying to own more of our own players than we are lone players, which mm-hmm. I think is also factored into the the, the the choices we've made around the squad. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that... Everything about the Teo, the Tao departure was was good because it wasn't. I think oh, he's no, worth seven. I think he's worth seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds. For mm-hmm. instance, the Blab and Rovers are not going to go. Well, we'll give you that when they could then just say to Teo's agent, "Tell you what, tell him to come speak to us in January, and we'll give him a hundred thousand as a signing on fee, and Lincoln can get knotted." Yeah. So,
0: yeah, I mean, reality. You know, ultimately, he is a player that deserves to be played in the championship, and. Um, you know, I've, I've got nothing but the best wishes for him and uh, hope he goes on to do incredibly well in his career because he's a player that came on leaps and bounds since he was uh, at Central Bank. And unfortunately, it's uh, it's not to be anymore. But um, that then led to everybody after the game, essentially. You missed out Max Melbourne. You've sorry, yes, I did. Kudos. I did miss out Max Melbourne. Uh, it's mainly because it's alone, and I wasn't, I was thinking, right. Well, that's a permanent deal. But no, Max Melbourne's obviously gone out as well. Um, I did notice that you did the cheeky thing of saying left back goes out uh, on the the piece about Max before the Tao news was announced. I was like, oh, cheeky clickbait, but uh, which is do, which is ironic because I don't get paper clicks, so not, <laughs>
3: technically not clickbait. So the joke's on you. Oh well, but you know, fat it... pigeon sat on the guttering on my shed, and it's bowing the guttering. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> unbelievable sorry go on what were you saying no I was just saying I, I think it's um, it, it seemed like a risky move um, even at that point knowing that Taylor was uh, was going and, and you know um, Jamie Robinson was coming in it seemed like a risky move to let Max go out on loan um, but at the same time you then look at the other players that we've got in and I think when everybody's fit I don't think he's he's got a chance of being in the starting 11 however it's that first part of the sentence which is the one that worries me a little bit it's when everybody's fit because at the moment we're struggling to get everybody fit all the time
2: not
0: gonna
3: Uh, play it's quite clear there's no future for him in Lincoln City by what Jez said he knows that he's not going to get a deal when his contract expires at the minute jackson Monsma ioma's come in let's bear in mind ioma has come in since max has been needed so actually people say well we've let one go without one coming in we haven't tj ioma came in <laughs> from that point max was always going to go not stuck in a chain so this is what it's sorry if you just heard a click by the way it was me uh, shooting the air rifle out of the uh, window at the pigeon on my guttering <laughs> I didn't actually put a pellet in it. I just made the, made the noise. So um, Yeah, so there we go. I, for me, we can move on. I, I, it is what it is. Max wasn't going to play. I, I had said, I think, last week on the podcast, I thought he started the season well and he'd shown great application and great attitude. Actually, when you look back, I think he was probably partly to blame for the Bolton goal, partly to blame for a goal at Wickham. Um, so if you if Max Melbourne is your left sided centre back in League One, uh, I don't think you finish in the top half of the
0: table. Yeah, fair. Um, that, that is fair. But uh, anyway, shall we uh shall we move on to, to the end of the transfer window because yeah, we've got we've got some questions and And we're forty seven minutes in.
3: Yeah, I mean a lot of the questions to be fair are about the transfer window, so Okay. Um, let's just go. Let just let's just you give me your opinion. I'll give you my opinion, and then we'll go through the questions. Because there's no point in dwelling on it,
0: is there? No, no. Fair enough. So, by all accounts, it sounds like there was a player, um, rumored to be Morgan Whitaker. Um, it was Morgan Whitaker. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Morgan Whitaker was was basically primed, ready to go, pen and paper at the ready, looking to sign a contract. Um, and then it sounds like Swansea City decided, nope, that's not happening, um, and pulled it. So we lost out on an attacking player that sounded like Michael was pretty keen on. Um, so Swansea City are no longer on any Christmas card lists from Lincoln City fans, I think. Um, bit of a shitter, really, wasn't
3: it? Yeah, I mean, I, I pieced together the story from a few different, different sources it, it, we've been after him for a while by the looks of things i think that we were he was bags packed ready to come here a week before the transfer deadline from what i understand and swansea were keen on bringing a player in uh, to replace him then on deadline day there's lots of talk about this striker I think we'd we'd hoped it was Ellis Sims he was injured until September uh, but I, I'd heard from one source he was a player we were looking at uh, I'd also heard that we were looking at and you're going to need to uh, bear with me while I type this because I can't actually remember his full name uh, but it I think it's both Philemon Philemon Jaden Philogene bedace from Aston Villa is a player that I'd heard we'd been looking at as well. Now, he was actually playing for Aston Villa under-21s on the night, so it became apparent then to me that it wasn't him. Then it suddenly, I get the message and it breaks. Pete O'Rourke has put it everywhere on social media. It's Morgan Whittaker coming to Lincoln. He's going to sign. I have it under very very good authority that the player travelled then to put pen to paper at the EP. PC. it was all ready to go. Everybody assumed that it was hinging on the fact that Swansea was signing um, Stryker, is it Emmy, or somebody like that from, um, from Southampton. Yeah, they sounded signed like hip. they were after
0: Tariq Fosu as well, weren't
3: they? All right. I'm sorry. Right. Stealing my limelight. What it actually meant, well, they were actually not just after Oberfemi, they were after Tariq Fosu. Thank you. <laughs> So they were after FOSU as well from Brentford. I think that was going to be either loan or permanent. And they didn't want to let Whittaker go out on loan if FOSU didn't come in. The odd thing is that they also needed Matt Crooks to go before they signed FOSU. So maybe they needed to sell Matt Crooks to buy FOSU. And then when they bought FOSU, they could let w- whatever. Basically, quarter to 11, um, uh, the plug was pulled. I then got a call from a very, very despondent uh, member of lincoln city staff who, who who i shall not name who basically uh, sounded as though his world had completely imploded um very very despondent very downbeat very upset uh, at, at the situation because we needed a player in and we didn't get them and look that doesn't define the transfer window and you'll have an awful lot of people saying we had a bad transfer window we didn't we just didn't have an outstanding transfer window um, and the quality of this transfer window has been degraded in some people's eyes because of the business other people have done. So they look at teams that are happy to spend £112 on wages for every £100 that they make. No uh, no names mentioned, of course, MK, and on the likes of Max Waters and Mo Iser and all of that. But it's a roll of the dice. Michael says there's 12 teams he believes have overspent. Only three can go up. We haven't overspent. We were competitive last year because it was a level playing field thanks to the salary cap. So you couldn't go offering, you know, huge sums of money to loan players. So actually, loan players were making decisions based on the best place for them. Loan clubs and parent clubs were doing the same. This transfer window and this, this, this climate is completely different and teams are overspent. I mean, it's which signed 18 players in the transfer window. <laughs> they are aware they can only
0: play 11. That's and mental.
3: Yeah, and, and they're one of the teams that are below us in the division. So,
0: mm.
3: yeah, disappointing, but not a disappointing window, a disappointing deadline day, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think the thing is, ultimately, you look at, you know, if somebody says, oh, it's a disappointing window. How can it really be a disappointing window when we brought TJ back to the club on a permanent deal?
3: I don't, yeah, that. you can't judge a window on one player, but yeah, that was a big, a big, big business, and and you're quite right. How can fans cheer a player coming on the pitch one Tuesday and then the next Tuesday say that it's been woeful? Yeah. Um, we but we are short. We are short up yeah. top. We, we we have only got three lone players in, and we can have five, and that kind of that does make me think. Well. The budget was obviously still there. Michael was saying that, you know, he expected three in. He expected a striker in, um, and and he expected obviously Morgan Whitaker in and probably a goalkeeper as well, or well, maybe Jamie Robson was part of that. So you asked me last week if we missed out on Brandon Hanlon, and I said it will it'll all come you know Tuesday. We'll decide whether we missed out on him or not. For me now, yeah, we did miss out on him.
0: So yeah. there we go. But I mean, I think the thing is you know ultimately what you've got to take from it is when people say oh we should have got a business done early so you that to me that has been the phrase that's pissed me off the most this week you know for you it's the model for me it should have got it done early so if you want
3: the models pissed me off the most there's loads of models pissed me off but sorry
0: go on (laughs) sorry extension um you know when you if you want to get it done early you need to overspend it's as simple as that um and we're not in a position to overspend. And, you know, like you, I'm annoyed at the phrase selling club because everybody's a selling club unless you are Manchester City. Like you're not going to be able to. We, Lincoln City do not have the spending power to compete with the likes of Ipswich or MK on wages. You know, that that's probably a fair statement. Um, and I, I it's just annoyed me that a lot of people suddenly, because they played football manager and put a cheat in to get extra money, yep. they can go, oh, you should have just done the, uh, you know, you should have just done the business earlier. So, well, all right. It's not that easy, is it? Like, it? Do you honestly think that Michael is sitting on his ass and doing nothing for the first, what? 30 days of August and then on deadline day goes, oh shit, better get my act together and tr- try and find a player. So no, of course not. They're doing the work all the way through it. We, you know, we know for a fact that after the playoff final, they were identifying targets. They were trying to find players that they wanted to bring in and they'd already started that process. It, it's, it, I get that it's frustrating. You know, I was, I was grumpy as all hell on Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning, but You've got to look at it with balance, and you've got to sit there and say, "Well, okay, yeah, it sucks, but why is it that this has happened?" And it's not necessarily because the club have turned around and gone, "Oh yeah, we're just going to leave all the business till deadline day." Some of the some of the like hot takes that I've seen around it have just been ridiculous. But anyway, let's do some questions. Um, okay. So, uh,
3: Mark Churchill has asked, do you think Jez and Mike Upton have already identified who they want in the January window? Yep. And if so, who might be on the shortlist? Yes, and no idea would be my answer. Yeah, so. Yeah, due due diligence will have been done. So, so, so without a doubt, they will have done. Uh, I'll come back to Adam Barlow and Pete Doyle in a minute because it's best to try and stay on theme for a while. Uh, So, Stu has asked, did the club have a bad transfer window? Will waiting until the last second cost us this season?
0: Um, I mean, I think we just said it. it. It's not necessarily about the club having, well, the club wanting to wait till the last second. I think being screwed over by a club that, let's face it, they've done it before. Um, that, so I was reminded a few times of the Daniel James situation when he went to, you know, he was going to go to Leeds and then Swansea pulled out again. It, yeah. Like you said, we've had a bad deadline day, but not necessarily a bad window.
3: Uh, so we've got a couple here. John Booth says, if you were Mike Clapton, which free agents do you bring in? And uh, Will Mitson says, do you think Appleton will sign a free agent? Um, I think the club will look at the free agents list almost certainly. Um, well, I know that they'll be looking at it because uh, it's one that they'd looked over. They won't be bringing in a journeyman who has simply been overlooked by everybody else. So those people who have kind of said, yeah. Kieran Agard's done a job. We won't be bringing Kieran Agard into the football club. Certainly not that type of player. But it wouldn't surprise me if the likes of Josh Sims, for instance, are not watched or looked at. And um, there's a couple of others that that we might look at. You know, some of those free agents will be higher value now than they were uh, 72 hours ago because all of a sudden they're the only player, players that you can sign. So, but there are players available, uh, and I would expect that we will have a good look at it, and then it will be 50/50 whether we bring them in or not.
0: Yeah, I. The only one that. Well, to, I'll be honest with you. There were some in that list that I didn't really recognise, but one that I did recognise and would I'd, I'd probably bring in would be Hal Robson-Kanu. But that's primarily that. because of his ridiculous goal in the Euros that time.
3: Yeah, he's the, just the type of journeyman, I think, that we won't bring in. Fair enough. In, again, in my opinion, I think you're more likely to see a Conor Wickham type, but bear in mind he's he's probably going to ask for bigger wages. So mm. I think it, you, know, you kind of have to settle the... the the view a little bit Josh Sims would be perfect he's a right winger which is kind of the position I think that Morgan Whitaker played he doesn't play centre forward though but I as I've said in the past I don't think bringing in a number nine was going to necessarily result in a player going straight into the first team because I think as we saw with Tom the other night against Bradford what Tom does he does well we needed an alternative to come from the bench and that sort of thing so um, and yeah. there we go uh, right so going down uh, Cock Waddle which I'm sure isn't his real name but if it is <laughs> kudos uh, not so much of a question but a general request for an update on the real forgotten man of Bank Sean Rowan, well, I think he was injured I think he's been injured hasn't he, I think that's the issue think,
0: yeah last I heard was that he was uh, he was out injured So, not uh,
3: sure. and Lee, Lee Nez says can the medical team keep working wonders um, I'm not, not yeah I don't know I mean have they been working wonders are they patching players up it's you don't really know the true medical state of any of our players um, so we've got Phil Dainty has asked about the midfield three but we've kind of already covered that as well uh, I've got going all the way back up to the top this this is an interesting one Adam Barlow says do you think there's any danger of the club program being uh, cancelled after this season Liam's notes in the Bolton game felt like a buy it or lose it threat uh, I can answer that because obviously I did the radio uh, interview as well on it. The, there is a real threat that the club programme could be canned. Um, unfortunately, it, it, it isn't cost effective. But what I will say, Adam, is in response to that, I've already had conversations with a couple of people about bringing out a fanzine on a, not maybe not a game by game basis, but maybe covering every two games or covering a month's worth of games, but more kind of program content so if if the program does go there are a group of us that would still want to do some form of printed product that football fans could take away with them okay so a uh, couple more so peter doyle can i ask your take on the reddings community trust leading the bond scheme to part fund the extension on the stacy west stand please uh
0: I will let you go first because I have opinions on the opinions in on this one.
3: Yeah, I, I'm not going to comment on what other people think because actually, I do think the timing of the announcement from the club could have been better. Yep. Uh, yeah. No. Hundred percent. Uh, yeah, I just think people were already they'd already seen their arse on Tuesday, and then they see this and think the club want you to put your hand in your pocket. They don't, it's different. This isn't bucket rattling. Yeah, um, I, I actually think uh, it's a good scheme. It's not the first time we've done a bond scheme. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure there was a bond scheme for around the EPC.
0: There was indeed,
3: um, so. Uh, Yeah, I think people need to uh, differentiate between fans being asked to put their money in their pocket and fans being asked to invest money for the good of the club. And that's what it is. I think in terms of the Reading's community trust, I did see a comment on Facebook that people said, well, with their track record, it's not good giving that it's a different community trust. It's a different Inns Community Trust. Yeah, uh, you know, people talk about the Inns Community Trust from ten years ago, which was a which was a shambles, and there's no other word to describe what went on ten years ago. It was shambolic and it was shameful. This Redins Community Trust are very very different. They haven't, as somebody put, just wheeled out Rob Bradley because he's a he's a good face. Rob's heavily involved with the trust. Yeah, uh, it's an organisation I think that the club are trying very hard to work with, uh, and the, the trust are reciprocating. So it's good that they're taking the lead on the bond scheme. Uh, it's good to see the trust more involved. And I think having a, a trust member on the board or a supporter on the board is a huge positive uh, in terms of fan, not fan ownership, but in terms of fan involvement. So, um, yeah, kudos to the to the trust uh, yeah. for, for the improvements.
0: Yeah, no, I I'd, I'd 100% agree. And I think this is where, um, you know, this is where people are potentially getting the knickers in a twist. It's, you know, people saying, oh, well, why are we being asked to, you know, put our hands in our pockets and fund the club again? It's like you, you're not. This is, there is a fundamental difference between what happened last season with your season tickets. When they said you can leave your money in there if you want, we'd appreciate it. But if you don't, yeah, you know, that's fine. Like there's a massive difference between that and what's happening here like this is a bond that you'll get your money back in however many years it is you know when it when it matures that is that's how it works you know there, there is an interest rate involved and all the rest of it is basically like crowdsourcing loan, but you'll get more back than you put in it's it's just some of the stuff that i've seen around this and this goes back to what we said at the start of the podcast where people they almost, that they're almost excited to have something else to moan about, and it's like, well, what else would you rather us do? I mean, I saw one comment that said, oh, well, what happened to that American investment? That's still there, but this is more than that American investment. This this costs more than the American investment was, is what I understand. You know, the um the overall cost of rebuilding the stacy west is going to be around two million, or adding to the stacy west Sorry, is going to be around two million, I believe and this is going to raise around 500,000 pounds. So that money's got to come from somewhere and if they can do it by offering a scheme like this then fair enough. And I think when people turn around and say oh well it's 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 all good and well that they can do that but we've put we you know we've been through a lot and you know that it's not the best place, you know not the best time in uh, in everybody's life some you know lots of people won't have the money available. It's like right well if they don't have the money available then it's not for them. Like there's no there's no real added incentive for this like obviously with the um <coughs> yeah right
3: yeah yeah sorry i'm just clearing my throat oh. <laughs> um you know with
0: the with the um, with the season ticket money it was a case of right you can do that and you can also leave your money in and get signed you know signed football shirts or a trip to the epc or enter the raffle for you know for prizes that you know that can be won whereas here it's like no Literally, you are investing in putting a new state uh, a new stand in, and then down the line you will re- you you know you will have your money back. So that that's what an investment is, and I think there's a lot of people that haven't seen what that different you know what the difference is there, and they're just kicking off because they've got an email about something they don't understand. And <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it riled me up something fucking proper yesterday. That's not what I'm laughing at. <laughs> right uh sorry ben what are you laughing at
3: i'll tell you in a minute so we've got one more question a serious question and then two more other ones and then you'll find out exactly what uh, what i'm laughing at okay uh so uh, the final serious football type question comes from where has it gone where has it gone where has it gone where has it, it gone Gricey, and Gricey asks what is your updated league prediction now we've seen lincoln's poor transfer window that includes a a, a priest position that i don't particularly agree with which is poor transfer window uh, i i am still going to say top half of the table
0: OK, uh,
3: Still,
0: from 10th or 12th. Yeah, I would I would drop down a little bit from my um, my initial lofty heights of potentially recreating the uh, the, the playoffs. And um, I'd, I'd go with probably 10th as well.
3: Yeah, very good. So the question that I've got to laugh at this because um
0: Olivia. I've just I've just seen it and I've just replied to it. So
3: <laughs> so for those who are listening who don't have Twitter in real time, uh, Olivia has asked, what dog should I get for my birthday on the 27th of September? But she's asked it outside of the 20 minute uh, mark, 20 minute zone. Uh, So Jack has put, there's a clear 20 minute rule, Gary will not entertain such ignorance. I liked both tweets because I've got Twitter open and because we're answering the questions, not because I was distracted by a pigeon and an air rifle or anything like that. Uh, (laughs) And then Jack has obviously put, ah, liking my tweets during recording. Winstano must be talking, which for those who don't use Twitter, there is Ben, um,
0: which he was. So
3: (laughs) (laughs) uh, there we go. Uh, But in answer to the question, a shit scene. Yeah
0: a zoo with one animal there you go um i would i would agree you know i'm i'm not a dog person but charlie's adorable so
3: person person. but oh no, you've redeemed yourself more kudos yes he is adorable Uh, yeah get a shit so definitely loyal loyal but stubborn which um just like my wife i'm not going to what (laughs) compare your wife to a dog she's loyal but stubborn my God! You have to pick up a poo when you go out walking. <laughs> you did that. You you went. You served that. So, Rachel, that's not my view. You did that. Uh, Andrew Bruce. So Cornell asks about uh, Hal robson Carnu, By the way, we've just kind of covered that, but I wanted to mention it because Cornell stayed to one question. So round of applause for Cornell. Uh, Andrew Bruce says, "I'm in Lincoln for the weekend because I was meant to see the Rotherham match. What can I do now instead?"
0: Oh, go to the uh, new arcade that's opened up on Dixon Street.
3: No, sorry, you misunderstand. Andrew is a grown-up,
0: <laughs> and you are an asshole. No, um, no, go there. I think it's a tenner, and you get a few hours in there. That's something to do. <laughs> what you have to pay to get in yeah but then it's free play
3: okay okay well again i mean uh, andrew's a grown-up so it's probably not going to happen uh, he's going to a gig tonight as far as i'm aware it's not teletubbies or power rangers gig so he, he might not go um
0: well, actually the teletubbies haven't been on tours no i don't know <laughs> uh, although so i do th- happen to know then and this is uh, this is just because it's hilarious that the tweenies once did a tour and the tour was called no sleep till bedtime
3: Brilliant. (laughs) Uh, Andrew, if you're in Lincoln for the weekend, I mean, Phil Stainer said go to the cathedral and pray. Um, I'm not sure if that's (laughs) with reference to our transfer uh, deadline day business, potentially. So I'd always say if you're in Lincoln, you go and have a look around the castle and cathedral, although I'm sure um, you've already been here and done that sort of thing. So why not try a nice meal? Um, the The Five Bells at Basingham. Yeah. If you get out to Basingham I've bigged that up a few times and next week I'm going to be trying the bottle and glass at Harby uh, in a, uh, that's going to apparently a very very nice place to eat as well so lots of nice places to eat uh, also you could go around to Winstano's uh, that's Ben uh, and and probably pick over a crime scene when his uh, good wife realises that he's likened her to a dog on the podcast
0: yeah no that, that's probably fair i'll need witnesses yeah. um so but no i yeah, think um, detail <laughs> she loves me really it's fine um but anyway i think uh given that we're now on an hour and 10 i think that's probably a good spot to wrap up for the week particularly as i thought we'd be a short, shorter one today because we've not got a preview so um we'll be back what next thursday maybe
3: yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, what I would say about previews, please do remember to follow, subscribe or whatever it is you do on YouTube. Um, Jake puts Jake, who's obviously on here, not as much recently since he bored half of you or made half of you feel like you, you wanted to go and um, jump off a cliff last time he was on or one of the last times he was on. Um, but he does great previews. Um, he's, he's upbeat and cheery in them. Uh, they, they go out on YouTube usually around lunchtime on a Friday. So if, if he's able to, if he's able to get the time, which he does 95% of the games, you don't want to miss those. Um, when he talks to a, a fan of another club who know their club better than us. Absolutely. So, yeah, we'll pro- probably be back next week. I've got a cottage pie in the oven, which uh, I made myself last night. So I'm looking forward to that. Nice. Mm.
1: There's a cool. secret,
3: I don't mash the potato, I do like a scallop, like a chipped scallop and cook them separately and then you lay that on top and then you mix cheeses. So uh, mozzarella, or as my partner says, because she's passed mozzarella uh, oh, and, and yeah, cheddar and uh, I've got a little bit of uh, a little bit of red Leicester on there as well. So oh,
0: That sounds great. Yeah, it's, it's I don't great. know what we're going to have for tea. Take it away. Probably.
3: If Fee ever asked me what I want for tea, it's a stupid question. What do you want for tea? Takeaway. Don't get it, but...
0: I'm sure we'll, we will have a discussion at some point, probably during the closed season, so we'll make a note of it. What, but, for, uh,
3: for your tea? That's no. Gonna be, it's a long wait, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have it, I was say, have it
0: now. We, we should do a, like a, a World Cup of Takeaways, and that'll do. Yeah. But anyway, right, we will see you next week. Uh, up the Imps. Up
2: the Imps.